Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Good morning. Top of the hour here on The Daily Tip. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's Michael Jenkins. If you stick with us for the next hour, we've got all kinds of things to get into. And starting with our old takes exposed, we made some preseason predictions about the NFL. And we're going to go down the list and tell you where were we, where we were right and where we were dead wrong. And not going to lie, the Jets, you really cost us. When Aaron Rodgers went down, <laughs> so did a lot of our predictions when it came to the AFC East. Then at 720, it's a Thursday night football matchup made in hell. We've got the Panthers and the Bears who have a combined three total wins on the season. But you know what? There are no bad games when it comes to betting we can always find an angle to make you guys some money. So we'll try to do that at 7.20. Then at 7.40, we're going for some big plus money. The show parlay coming your way in a couple of segments where everybody gets one pick and we put it all together to try to go 5-0 and for the weekend. Jenks, I keep seeing this pop up on my Twitter feed. AI right. has recreated pictures of so-and-so and such-and-such and, such, and people are mad. Have you seen any of these AI generated pictures? Like some of them are actually like pretty entertaining, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to be mad about it because I know they are fake. Like clearly they are trying to bait people when they say, this is what AI generated that Americans look like from each state as stated by Europeans. And oh, of course God. it's like a huge overweight guy in a football uniform, drinking a beer. Mm -hmm. And you know what? <laughs> Not that far off, but they do this for a reason because they know it's going to stir the pot. Oh, no question about it. AI, I'm telling you, man, it's going to be the downfall of our society. I was watching some expert on 60 Minutes and he was talking about 
artificial intelligence and where it is now and for all the benefits at some point he absolutely believes it will become self-aware that it's already sort of self-aware now and when it happens that's when the machines take over that's when you open your door and you see one of those one of those robot dogs outside your door ready to devour you and take over your house so it's just only a matter of time that's why i'm not learning to read well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why learn to read? There's no point. Waste I think of time. what gets yeah. me the most is the AI pictures. Because did you know there are quote unquote girls on Instagram who are not even real? They are simply AI generated and they have an entire Instagram account. So these guys are like, oh, she's perfect. My future wife. I'm like, she's literally not real. And these are the Correct. girls that we are compared to. I'm like, what the hell? I already have to compare myself to these people who are getting, you know, fillers and Botox and right. completely new faces. Now you have to compare your pictures to girls who literally aren't even real. Well, I, I think now it's, you know, it goes it goes back to the the same idea that whatever you see on social media, even if it's how someone presents their life you have to be very careful about buying into that idea because everyone presents their absolute best self, except for that friend of mine who decided she would post a montage of herself crying over the last <laughs> month because of that breakup with her boyfriend. I still want to I don't see know that. that. Oh, I'll have to me? show it to you. I can't even say who it is. And she's a friend of mine, but I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't do this, please. Like a montage of crying? Holy Lord. But on the whole, when you see someone put a picture up on whatever social medium it may be. Of course, it's always just the best thing you've ever seen. Like I will say my ex-wife was a master of this, right? She curated this perfect Instagram feed where our relationship clearly was not good, which is why I wanted a divorce. But if you had looked at the feed at the time, you'd have been like, oh my God, what a perfect and and beautiful relationship. It was and a the perfect that marriage. Until it wasn't, you know, that kind of thing. So you never quite, someone said to me, everything looks so great online. I'm like, I'm sure it did. Like that is not an accident. So even if it's someone who's AI generated, even if it's someone who's not AI generated, what you see is nine times out of 10 meant for everything to look a certain way because nobody wants to post a picture of themselves. It doesn't look great or maybe hasn't, doesn't have the right filter on it. You know how that goes. Yeah, but I think I've done it many a time. Like, what's the cringiest thing you've ever posted on social media? Like, do you ever look back at the pictures that you posted, mm. like, back in the day on, like, Instagram? It has, like, yeah. a thousand bad filters on it. And it's, like, a picture <laughs> of, like, a bowl of cereal. Like, remember when that was a thing? Like, I don't think oh, people yeah. really do this as much anymore. Or at least when people take pictures of their food, people have learned how to do it. Like they'll take it from really high angles. They'll craft it. They'll get mm -hmm. all the trash out of the way. Uh, but I did that. And the thing where your legs look like hot dogs, you know, when you're at the beach and your legs are like <laughs> yeah. in the same direction. I did a lot of mm -hmm. those with like terrible filters on Instagram. Well, I get it. I, I also think too, what is fascinating to me and a lot of people have forgotten this, the creators of Instagram, the original creators before this belonged to Meta, before Facebook now Meta bought it, Facebook was meant to be a place to curate 
beauty and art and mainly people going around the world and taking incredible pictures and showing off different landscapes or countries or vacations. It was supposed to be this curation of, of great photography. And so that was the original intent. And now it's like, ah, just crush this bowl of cereal. I really love Captain Crunch. I'm like, awesome. The original creators all left. They're like, this is not what we had in mind. But that's what happens when it's bought by a major social media outlet and it turns into something that wasn't intended to be. Well, now it's created to make you feel bad about yourself. It shows you like the discover yeah. page. And it's like, these are all the people who are prettier, richer, and better than you. Yes. Go ahead, live your <laughs> life. Have a great day now. So that's why I try to stay off the discover page on Instagram. You know what else doesn't make me feel great? Looking at some of these preseason predictions that we had mm. for the NFL. Although I will say we did get some of them right. So here's what we did in the AFC. For me, we picked uh, the division winners. I had the Jets. That's a, a big loser there because Aaron Rodgers went mm -hmm. down. I uh, had the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Jags to win their divisions. I think the Bengals are looking like it's going to be an L, but I don't regret the pick, uh, pick at all because it's still a good Bengals team. Maybe there's a chance they win it. The other ones are looking good. Uh, my playoff teams were the Steelers, Chargers, and Dolphins as wildcard teams and the Chiefs to win the AFC uh, title. So I'm looking down the list at all of our picks. How many of us have been bamboozled by the LA Chargers? It feels like this is the one team that a lot of us picked that mm -hmm. is looking like they're probably not going to make the playoffs. God, Chargers, yeah. you're charging. Again, we should know. Yeah. It's like when the Browns, Brown, the Chargers, Charger happens every year. And it's really a shame, too, because I like Justin Herbert. I think he's a mega talent, but he has two things that are a big problem. One is the injury surrounding him, which has been an issue for God. Feels like every year. And then he's got a head coach who has hamstrung him. So the Chargers are have to be maddening if you're an L.A. Chargers fan just because you see the talent there, you see the potential, and yet each and every single year, it's just disappointment after disappointment. It should be noted that we are only halfway through the season. So, you know, clearly yes. we shouldn't be number one prancing around and saying, oh, look at my good predictions because the season's not over yet. And maybe we mm -hmm. shouldn't be so hard on ourselves for some of the ones that we quote unquote got wrong because the season is not over yet. So, uh, Jenks, I feel like we had a lot of the same picks, but are there any mm -hmm. ones on here that you would take back? Or do you have hashtag no regrets? No regrets? Remember, I can't read. That's how I get my tattoos. No regrets. I, I'm looking now, and I would say I'm pretty happy with my picks. So, the Jets obviously are a disappointment, but I don't consider I don't consider that a bad pick. I thought that was a smart pick. You certainly can't account for the fact. Oh, I knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to get injured in Game One of the season, but overall, I would say I'm I'm pretty pleased. The Bengals have come on. Chiefs obviously look great. Jags are leading the division. Bills are still in it. I didn't realize the Ravens were going to be that good, but still had them as being in the wild card. Had Cincinnati to win the AFC. So right now, all things considered, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, and this wasn't the most difficult prediction to make, but I would say overall I'm pretty happy. So if I gave you a mulligan, you wouldn't change your mind on anything? 
anything? No, well, mm. looking back now, I would say, yes, I would change some things. But I would say based on the knowledge that I had at the time, no, I like my picks. I like my picks. I'm sticking with them. I'm not, I'm a little, I don't think that Jets pick is going to come home barring some sort of miracle <laughs> return by Aaron Rodgers. But I don't blame myself for picking it just because injuries are part of the game. Yeah, so if you get one injury mulligan, now I think the question is, who do we think wins the AFC East? Because that's the question is if we kick out the Jets yes. and it's a competition between the Dolphins and, say, the Bills, who do you think wins the AFC East? You know what? Somebody's got to stand up for the Bills. I'm going to do it. Everybody's going to be on the Dolphins right now. They're minus 200 to win the division, and I get it. And a lot of people are down on Buffalo. I'm not going to give up on the Bills just yet. I probably should. But as we talked about with the Dolphins, whenever they face teams with winning records, they falter. They're just not good against winners. So the Bills have some work to do. That offense has just been Josh Allen running around. He needs some help. I don't know if it's schematic. I don't know if... They're just not surprising teams anymore, and they need to loosen things up. I don't know exactly what the specific issue is on offense. Their defense is fine, and he's been turning over the football. But I feel like if he can hold on to the football and they can get a little more help instead of Josh passing, Josh running, and that being the only thing that they do, I still think Buffalo is in the mix, and they can make a run. So somebody's got to believe in Bill's Mafia, and I do. I think it's price dependent here because if you believe in the Bills mm -hmm. even a little bit, you're getting plus 225 on them to win the AFC East. I think a lot of this has to do with their schedule. If you look at the Bills schedule, they have a pretty tough road ahead uh, when it comes to the end of November and the start of December because they have the Broncos. That's a pretty easy one. Then they get a, mm -hmm. a, the Jets, which is not super easy when you go against that defense. But then they have a back-to-back -back, uh, stretch where they have the Eagles on the road, they have the Chiefs on the road, and then they play the Cowboys, followed by the Chargers, Patriots, and Dolphins in Miami to end the season. So I think that's why you're seeing the odds where they are because, you know, a stretch of Eagles, Chiefs, and Cowboys is probably one of the tougher stretches you can face in the NFL. Then you look at the Dolphins' schedule, and it's similar to last year. Wasn't it last year mm -hmm. where they ended the year with like eight straight wins and people like, oh, they might be good. And it was just because the schedule was really easy. Then they got Tyreek yeah. Hill and, you know, or maybe that I'm maybe I'm thinking about the year before, but let's just look at the schedule for the Dolphins here. They've got the Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans at home, and then the Jets, Cowboys, Ravens on the road. That's going to be a tough one. And then they finish the year playing the Bills at home, which I think is huge because you don't have to go on yeah. the road to Buffalo in January. In fact, it's way better to get the weather of Miami as opposed to what could happen when you're playing in Western New York. So I think that's why the price is what it is. I think I'll still go with the Dolphins here, though. I do think the Dolphins have the much easier schedule, and I think they're the better team. All right. I think that's fair. I can't I can't knock that pick. They're a favorite for a reason. And there's a lot to like about Miami. And I think they've played what their three losses are to three teams that have winning records. But you feel like at to some the Bills. point they're yeah, and to the Bills. So I at some point they're gonna get over the hump against a winning team, right? They're too talented not to.
Yeah. I think the only pick that maybe I would take back is I am fully in on the Bengals to win the AFC. But this is price okay. dependent because you've got to remember our preseason predictions had nothing to do with prices and we were just trying to pick the winner. But like I've said this every day on the show, I do think the Bengals are a very solid value to win the AFC, although it does look like the Chiefs are the class of the AFC. So I'll stick with the Chiefs in my preseason predictions, but when it comes to the money in my pocket, it's going on the Bengals. Do you think the Chiefs win it or you had the Bengals winning it in your preseason predictions? Yeah. I I like the Bengals. I do like the Bengals. And thankfully, they're starting to come alive at the right time. They're doing what the Bengals do, which is you start off slow, and then they just start reeling off wins. I think the Chiefs have deficiency at receiver that will end up biting them come late in the season. Go Sensei. Yeah, I'm on the Bengals, too, at a very good price. All right, coming up next, we will dive in to the worst game of the slate, and it happens to be the primetime matchup. How to bet on Panthers and Bears, so at least you have something to be interested in tonight after the break. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. And we are back on a Thursday, which means we have Thursday night football to bet on. And before you get super excited, you must know that it is between the Panthers and the Bears. So maybe it's not going to be the most thrilling game we've ever seen on a Thursday night, but there are ways to bet on really bad games. So we will try to make some money at least off this dumpster fire of a game that we get in primetime tonight in the NFL Jenks, last night, I think both of us were kind of interested in betting on that FAU game in college hoops against Loyola. Uh, And I saw that Sister Jean was at the game at 104 years old. Sister Jean, the legend of March Madness. If you don't remember, she is a super fan uh, for uh, Loyola Chicago, uh, the Ramblers' biggest fan. We knew that she was an absolute wagon to watch cheering for her team, and she was there last night at the game. At what point do you think she gets fed up with watching the squad that she loves losing games? Because they have the camera on her constantly. And then Loyola got smoked 75-62 to by, albeit, a very good FAU team. Mm -hmm. Or, or excuse me, uh, Florida Atlantic. Not, yes. I guess they are FAU. Yeah, FAU. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I got yeah. confused on that. Do you ever think she gets fed up and is like, get that camera off of me? Like just <laughs> once, I would like to see her have like a Christian Bale type meltdown and be like, get this camera off of me. I've been on this earth 104 <laughs> years. Get out of my face. <laughs> I think she loves it. That's what I think. I think Sister Jane just sits there and thinks, you know what? I just get to sit here and watch some basketball, and I'm just living my best life right now. Ooh, that was a nice little two-point shot. Ooh, maybe we step back and 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 hit a three-pointer here. I, I think maybe it's a little bit exhausting, but also it's not year-round. It's just during basketball season. So I would think that, honestly, if you're that age, 
my thought is you need something to be passionate about, something that keeps you going. And for her, it's Loyola basketball. I don't think she minds a bit. You don't think it's God or religion? <laughs> like, like, I think that's probably what keeps her going, right? Like, if we're thinking about things that keep you going at that stage of life, we yeah. know she's Sister Jean for a reason uh, because she is a nun. Um, but you're right. I do think it helps to have some kind of passion at any stage in life to keep mm -hmm. you going. Isn't that why we are invested in sports? It's a fun hobby to feel like you're yeah. part of something bigger. It's the same thing as like religion. When you join a church, you want to feel like you are part of something bigger. So maybe we should ask Sister Jean, like if you had to choose one, you know, at the gates of, you know, heaven, you're like, listen, you can come into heaven, but you can't watch any more basketball games. You think she'd do it? Probably. Oh. Oh, I think as long as Loyola wins the national title, I'll just go straight to hell. It'll be worth it for my guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a hell of a choice. She's a legit fan. She's a mega fan. Right, because when you hear her actually talk about basketball, she knows what she's talking about. She's oh, yeah, not just no some question. little old lady. Like She can actually break down what's going on. And she is an intelligent fan that knows the game of basketball, which I think is like one of the great things about her. You expect her to just be this like mm -hmm. little old lady, but then she's like, yeah, our possessions have been terrible. We really need to have better ball movement. We need to pass the ball. I'm like, all right, sister Jane, pipe down. You're not the coach. Uh, but it is good to see her out rolling around uh, on the sidelines of games yet again. It's that time of year. All right, so let's get into Thursday night football, who... Uh, where I don't know who's going to be a super fan on the sidelines tonight. Do you think any celebrities are going to align themselves with either the Panthers or the Bears? This game is in Chicago, where two and seven, mm -hmm. uh, the Bears have a two and seven record, and they're laying three and a half points and a total of 38 and a half, I believe. So, Jenks, let's start there. Do you think you should ever lay three and a half points with a team that is two and seven? I just want to say before we talk about this that you told Sister Jean to pipe down. <laughs> All right, pipe down, Sister Jean. That's enough. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not laying three and a half points with the Chicago Bears. I like the Bears. I think football is more fun when the Bears are good, but the Bears are not good, and Justin Fields is not playing tonight, so we get Bajan Orange again. Yeah, when you talk about a total this low and two bad teams – if you can give me three and a half with a team that what might be slightly worse, I'll take it. Especially again, when the total is low and it's a prime time game and prime time unders hit on a regular basis, 60% of the time in the last what seven years. So yeah, I, I like the under here. I played it yesterday. I played it up to 40 and laid some juice on the under, but I also look at these two offenses and it's one thing to say, Oh, these are two bad teams, but the numbers bear that out. Carolina is 28th in the league in total offense. The Bears are 19th. And so that, that was surprising to me. I was like, oh, the Bears are 19th in total offense, but they're dead last in the NFL in turnover differential. So they might rack up yards, but then they hamstring themselves by turning over the football. So, yeah, I do think the under is the right side. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Especially because primetime unders, especially on Thursday nights, have been wildly successful. Uh, primetime unders now hitting, uh, it's 22-7. and seven primetime unders this season and like you said unders in the primetime games have been a trend for the last four seasons so this isn't even Mm -hmm. an anomaly or something that you look at a small sample size and say okay this is why it's hitting eventually the pendulum's going to swing the other way so like maybe it's the case maybe we see an over here and i know that's the betql five-star best bet of the night is to take the over but I, for one, will be on the under. It just feels like a game that could very much end 20 to 10, 21, yeah. 13. These are all scores that I am seeing between both of these teams. I don't know which team's going to win. And like you said, the basic strategy of betting is if you think both sides are equal, you take the team getting points or you take a team at plus money. If you think both teams have an equal shot at winning. Uh, you did mention some props that I kind of liked in the first segment that we were talking about this game yeah. that I think we should go over because you normally sure. when you are playing an under in a game, it doesn't mean that you're probably going to play a bunch of overs or a bunch of props because you don't think the offenses are going to be thriving. So it kind of seems counterintuitive, but you can play some yardage plays if the number is low enough or if the matchup kind of dictates it so is there somebody you have your eye on here in this particular matchup yes there is my guy cole Komet. that's who i like you can get him at some serious plus money if you shop around anywhere from plus 130 to maybe plus 210 so make sure you get the best number here bears tight end had two fours last week against the saints including this incredible catch, probably the catch of the season for the Bears. So this is such a stud out of Notre Dame. And I think more than anything, this is about, it's about having a young quarterback like a Tyson Bajant, where whenever you're a rookie in this league, whenever you're a young guy, before you learn to check down, before you learn to go through your progressions, you tend to latch onto that one guy that you know is going to be open. You tend to latch onto that one guy who you know you can rely on that you have an early chemistry with. And I think Cole Komet is that guy. And this is not just based on him getting two touchdowns last week. Just look at the targets and the catches he's had in the past couple of games. So maybe you like a yardage prop as well. But in the past two games alone, Komet has had 18 targets and 16 catches. So clearly, when Tyson Bajan is looking to throw the football, he is looking for Cole Komet. And again, it's a nice plus money for for plus 130 anywhere from there to plus 210. So I like any time touchdown for the Bears tight end. Yeah, I like his yardage play. Uh, If you look at Cole Mm -hmm. Komet, it's the same reasoning behind why you would play the yardage, but it just feels maybe a little safer. Uh, Knock on wood. His yardage prop tonight set at 37 and a half. It's a very low number for somebody who led the team in targets just last week. 
uh, had a team high eight targets and finished with 55 yards on six receptions. Each of the last two games, he's been a guy that's had one of the top targets yeah. share uh, of the Chicago Bears, had 10 targets against the Chargers. So I think that's the way to go if you're looking at an individual player prop. But uh, we do need to talk at least a little bit about DJ Moore because this is the DJ Moore revenge game. Like that's the only oh, game yeah. that I could find that was like somewhat interesting between the Bears okay. and the Panthers because for the longest time, DJ Moore was a star of the Chicago, or excuse me, the Carolina Panthers. Now he plays for the Bears, but he's coming out the game where he was not really getting the targets and he only finished with 44 yards. And normally you're not getting a bargain on anything DJ Moore related. Like he's a one of the top receivers on their team. So uh, usually the number is going to be pretty high. Do you think that goes into the handicap when somebody – you call it a revenge game, even though I don't know what he needs to prove here because it does yeah. feel like he's having a pretty good season despite having a terrible quarterback situation. I think so. And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes a coach will know, like, hey, we know how this went down, right? So let's try to get you the ball. Let's try to get you a few targets here. Let's try to get you in the end zone. Now, you're not going to do that for the sake of breaking up your game plan or losing – or losing a matchup that you should win. You're not going to go off script and say, oh, we have to get him the ball. But sometimes I think that is a factor. And then, look, these guys are always motivated. But certainly, you know how guys are. Professional athletes are always looking for a reason to step up. They're always trying to put chips on their shoulders to say, all right, how can I amp myself up for this game as opposed to any other game? And for him, I would imagine he's going to be hyper-motivated. So, yeah, I think that's something to look at. And then also, we probably need to mention that this game actually will have some kind of impact on what happens in the draft. Because right now, mm -hmm. you see the Bears at 2-7. and seven, uh, But right now, they're actually not in the top spot for the number one pick in next year's uh, NFL draft. In fact, not even in second mm -hmm. place, according to what I'm reading on NBC Sports Chicago. So when you see that, does that make you consider you know, the other side as well, if a team doesn't necessarily want to win a game? Yeah, I mean, it's something that you have to look at, right? And, mm -hmm. but the thing, the thing is, is this, is that this is, this is a real quandary when you talk about a team not wanting to win, is that maybe that's what management wants, maybe that's what ownership wants, but these players don't have that luxury especially on a bad team when you're talking about two teams that don't have a lot of individual stars. So a lot of these guys are, they can't afford to have a bad performance. They have to go out and bust their asses because if they don't, they might be out of a job. So we, we sort of seen that with the Cardinals a little bit this year. This is a bad football team, but guys personally aren't going to go out there and tank, even though, even though maybe that's exactly what, you know, the, the upper management wants them to do. Remember, we saw this last year. Remember the Texans game last year? And they were playing, and they had a chance to to lose that game. They probably would have had the number one overall pick. Instead, they lose, and they drop down, which it worked out for them anyway. But Lubby Smith was like, here you go. We're going to get one. Now you get, you get the pick, Chicago. So I, I think that 
that was a perfect example of you got to lose this game, you got to lose this game, and the players would not let it happen. So it's sort of a factor, but also at the same time, the guys that play the game, they're not going to care about that. They're trying to win. Right. We saw it with the Arizona Cardinals this year, how they have fought hard in some of these games because starting the season, I thought to myself that the Arizona Cardinals were doing their best to tank. And I think the ownership is still doing their best to tank. Uh, But the team itself, the guys who are actually playing the game, you will still see their best effort because those are guys who are still fighting for jobs in the NFL Uh, I'm trying to think of any other angles in this game that are worth playing. We've gone over the side. We've gone over the total. We've gone over our favorite props. (laughs) Is there anything else you think better should know about Panthers and Bears tonight? Yes. The one thing I want better to know is this. There are NBA games tonight. There are hockey games tonight. There are different shows on YouTube, TV, cable, whatever you have. You don't have to watch this game. You don't have to bet on this game. This is Bears, Panthers. We got college basketball tonight. I'm just saying, I want betters to know it is Thursday night football, and everybody will be talking about Thursday night football, but you don't have to bet on Thursday night football. I like the under here. I also think if you have any doubt at all about where to put your money, you got tons of other things to bet on. That's a PSA. I know what's what. You got college football tonight. I'm going to be betting a little bit on college football tonight. You got some games in CFB. You got Thursday night college action. So, yes, I want betters to know. I get it. It's the NFL. People bet on the NFL more than any other thing in betting. It's not close. But you don't have to bet this game. Although that is very true, I think just because this is a bad game to watch doesn't mean it's a bad game to bet on. It's just when I am playing an under, it means I don't want to play a bunch of props and they're overs because I am not rooting for points and I am rooting for both of these offenses to be absolutely terrible like we've seen for most of the season. So I think that's just why I don't have a loaded card when it comes to Thursday night football. On the other end, we've got a loaded card when it comes to our show parlay. We've got five picks gonna put them all in a parlay and try to win you guys some big plus money that's next on the daily tip presented by betmgm chelsea and jenks will be right back on the daily tip presented by betmgm on the betql network Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Ah, and running. Let's go. Enough of this minus 110 nonsense. It's time to put up or shut up. It's time to say scared money, don't make money. We're going to go... Uh, for some huge plus money as we do our show parlay in just a few minutes here on the show and try to go five and up for the weekend and cash in our show parlay that is 24 to one. So if you put $25 down, you would get $600 in your pocket, but it's big plus money for a reason. So we'll go down our picks and give you the logic behind all of the plays. We'll do that in a few minutes. But Jenks, I saw this really funny tweet and you don't see it that often where professional athletes actually have like a funny tweet. But AJ Mm -hmm. Brown had a really good one uh, a few days ago. He said, 
My nephew's favorite player is Justin Jefferson. It be your own family. We going to see if Jet is going to get him something for Christmas this year because I'm not. Do you think this is fair? <laughs> that A.J. Brown's nephew has a favorite player and it's not A.J. Brown? Hey, I feel like that's what kids do. They just, you know, they pick out someone they like for whatever reason. I've said this before. When I was a kid and I'm living in the sticks in West Texas, I love the Philadelphia Eagles. I can tell you a billion Philadelphia Eagles that played on those teams in the late 70s and early 80s. And there's a few reasons for that. But, you know, my parents are like, this kid loves I loved everything Philadelphia. I love the Phillies. I love the Flyers. And I, I love the Philadelphia Stars of the USFL. And for some reason, I had this obsession with Philadelphia. And there's no real reason for it. There's a handful of things that might make sense. But overall, there was nothing that truly explained why I just went all in on a city in Pennsylvania when I'm some kid in Podunk, West Texas. But sometimes kids are just going to be kids. Yeah, but what if it was your uncle? What if it was your uncle who was like one of the stars of the NFL? Yeah. And you're like, ah, Justin Jefferson, he's better. But I will say <laughs> at least the kid has a pretty good taste of like who is good in the NFL. Because if it's not A.J. Brown, at least he probably picked the best receiver in the league. Like that or Tyreek Hill. I feel like those yeah. are the two receivers you can't really be that mad at. No, I think that's a fair point. Like if he said, I don't know, my favorite receiver is, gosh. DJ Char Brandon, Brandon Ayuk. I don't know. You'd be like, what? Ayuk's pretty what are you good. I mean, Brandon's good. He's, he's a very good receiver. Don't get me wrong. But he's not like top tier. You'd be like, of all the receivers, this is the guy. So <laughs> kids are funny like that. We also need some context on how old the nephew is. Because if you're really young, like logic need not apply. Because I've told Correct. you, like, my daughter's logic in picking favorite teams is that she likes purple. So she likes the Lakers and she yeah. likes the Ravens. So clearly there is no tie there. She is three, but she just simply <laughs> likes purple. And I'm not going to yell at her because she's a three-year-old. Uh, but we'd have to find out how old uh, A.J. Brown's nephew is before we start pointing some fingers and say, you need to support your uncle and not Justin Jefferson. Uh, so that's my two cents there. All right, so how about a lot of cents and try to win some big dollars for the weekend? And let's go down the list and give you our show parlay. Matt, let's start with you. Looks like you are going to the college ranks yet again. Who do you like for the show parlay? I am riding a trend that I've been kind of keeping an eye on season. LSU is undefeated to the over this season. Florida, five straight overs. Easy money. I'm going to take Florida LSU over 63. I think you've had a play on Florida play. in some sort, or at least SEC football in a lot of these plays. And they've been pretty solid, uh, as you have reminded us many times on this show. All right, so next up, we'll go to David, who uh, also is going to the SEC. David, who do you like? I absolutely love the Missouri, Missouri Tigers this Missouri. week. Missouri. Uh, they're at home versus Tennessee. I don't trust Tennessee. I don't trust their quarterback, Milton. I think Missouri's the better team. I think Missouri is tough to play at home. For those facts, it's a pick em anyway. I took the plus money and went with Missouri. Ooh, and bonus Ooh. points for David on the correct pronunciation 
of Missouri. That's how you say Missouri. it. Uh, down in Missouri. All right, Bill. Oh, man. Bill's going super chalky, <laughs> and I feel like some of us are probably going to make fun of him for it. Maybe not. Bill, who do you like? I mean, that's fine. I mean, the spread that I'm taking is like a college football spread. I'm going Dallas minus 16 and a half at home against the Giants. Look, Tommy DeVito, who sounds like he should be a drummer <laughs> of a rock band somewhere, is the quarterback for the Giants. I didn't even know that Tommy DeVito played at Illinois last year. I had no idea. Uh, so I just – are they going to score more than 10? I don't even know if they'll get to 10. Mm-hmm. So – I'm going to go ahead. I thought about taking the over in this, but then it was at 38 and a half. I'm like, well, Dallas will have to score 40 to get to this over because I don't trust the Giants at all. So if, if if it was in New York, I probably wouldn't lay this, but it's at home. Dallas is a great home team. Yeah, 16 and a half. Not afraid. I'll go ahead and lay it. I think the Cowboys roll in this one. Yeah, Love maybe it. if it was in New Jersey, Tommy DeVito I, would actually I, score some points. But in Dallas, that's not his homeland. He doesn't have the home cooking there. Can't have mom's lasagna. All right, so (laughs) Bill's going chalky. Dallas minus 16 and a half over the New York football giants. Jenks, another college play for the squad. Mm -hmm. Who do you like? Tommy DeVito. A guy will be repairing cars in Yonkers in a year. Here's the thing. I'm going with Mississippi State plus 19 and a half at Texas A&M. And we're seeing some money coming on the dogs. And I know you're thinking, oh, you hate Texas A&M. Well, yes, I do. But ask yourself this question. What are the Aggies playing for right now? Absolutely nothing. What are they, five and four? This was a top 25 team. But really... This is this is where they have zero motivation. They can't fire Jimbo Fisher, who is due more than $76 million in guaranteed money. He is not going the worst contract ever. They can't fire him. They I mean they can. Do you want to raise more than $76 million just to get rid of a guy before you even hire a new staff? They can't do it. They're hamstrung. So it doesn't matter how AM performs. Jimbo's not going anywhere. But more than that, AM quarterback Max Johnson has a rib issue. Like, I don't think he's going to make it through this game. Seriously, he's kind of hobbling around. So I like this number with Max Johnson at quarterback. I don't think he finishes this game. I think they go to a backup, and their backup was a backup at Fresno State last year. There's way too many points. Mississippi State plus 19 and a half. Yeah, who thinks this Texas A&M offense is going to cover this big of a number in a game where the total is 43 points? I would be with you, Jinx, and I do sense a trend. It's usually Jinx fading Texas A&M. Or he's fading Oklahoma. So it was Texas A&M's turn to be faded here on the show parlay. (laughs) And speaking of trends, I feel like I am always on a player prop or something in the NFL. And that's what I'm going with this week. I'm going to go Titans quarterback Will Levis over 212 and a half passing yards against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Matchup based here. Looking at the Bucks, they're giving up the second most yards to opposing passing offenses of any team in the NFL. Also, the Titans coming off a bye week. Will Levis should have some extra time to prepare. And also, he's hit this already in both games he has started in. 
even last time against the Steelers, he only completed 56% of his passes, but yet finished with 262 yards through the air. Also, the Bucks' defense is really good at stopping the run, uh, allowing less than 100 yards per game on average. That's top 10 in the league. They are a pass-funneling defense. I think that's the way that uh, Will Levis tries to get things done for the Tennessee Titans. So to recap, the show parlay, We've got the over 63 between Florida and LSU. We've got Missouri money line, even money against Tennessee. The Cowboys minus 16 and a half over the Giants. Mississippi State plus 19 and a half over Texas A&M. And Will Levis over 212 and a half pass yards for minus 115. If you put $25 down, you'd win 600 big ones if this parlay comes to fruition. We've got a couple minutes left, though. It's time to stir the pot. Does anybody want to kick out one leg of this parlay? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Hmm. Double D. Last time Double D. D took the money line and not the points we lost. If we had just taken the points, we would have won. <laughs> David's ready. Bring it on. Bring the it last on. Time, says, bring the last it. time Matt opened up his mouth and said that he was undefeated, we lost too. So what are you going to do? Oh, Tim's oh, fighting words. That being said, the one, the one that, the one that makes me kind of cringy is I am, I'm a huge Will Levis fan. I've been a Will Levis fan since get. It makes me nervous. I'm waiting for that shelf to fall off and for him to have that rookie game. Do you know what I'm saying? Where he throws yeah. three interceptions and has just a really bad game. It worries me. I think he'll do it because that secondary for the Bucks is really bad, but it does worry me just because he is a rookie and I'm waiting for that rookie fall off. Well, he can still throw three picks. He just needs to have the yards. And a lot of this is game script. The sabotage factor in my mind is only if the Titans are leading this game. Which you look at the spread, it has gone down. Titans were plus one and a half. It is shortened to one. So if the Titans are winning this game, they're going to run the ball. So I think that's the sabotage factor is that I don't want my Titans to be leading this game by too much to where you're not relying on Will Levis to throw. Because looking at the game script of both of the games he's been in, uh, you know, it's been somewhat negative and he's had to throw the ball. So I get your concerns, David, and I feel like it shouldn't always be you that catches the heat. So I will gladly take some of the heat this week uh, but i'm looking at the picks and i like all of them i think you guys are usually pretty on the money when it comes to these college plays i'm probably going to pluck some of them and play them for myself especially these overs in the florida games like there's a lot of overs in the sec that i am liking this week and moving forward which is crazy the sec used to be the defensive mecca in college football but now i guess it still is do you think they're the best defensive league in football or do you think it's the Big Ten? Mm, I think it's the Big Ten, honestly. Just this yeah. year. Big Ten defense has been strong. Yeah, even though sometimes it's just Big Ten offenses being like Iowa, Wisconsin. All right, we got to get no. the break. I will not hate on Iowa anymore. We'll give you our preseason picks after the break. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.